He's a stubborn New Hampshire masshole, giving hard-hitting opinions on Boston sports that nobody else has the courage to do. He has philosophical thoughts that will keep you up at night, and he hates generic business jargon. Wake up in the morning with your mother's favorite podcaster, Roddy B. I tweeted out before the game last night how excited I was for a finals game four because seemingly in in years past, game fours never seemed to disappoint in the finals. And sure enough, last night it did not disappoint whatsoever. The Bucks ran away with a win, a comeback win. 109 to 103 at home, tying up the series two to two. Now I know I haven't talked a whole lot about you know basketball on this podcast lately. I like to keep it non-sports, even though it's a sports podcast. <laughs> but I got to tell you, man, I love this finals. I am loving seeing these small market teams go at it. You've got Phoenix, who just has a great team. They share the ball really well. They play great team defense. They take care of the ball, unlike they did last night. Um, and they just play well together. They have great chemistry led by you know Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And uh, Crowder is a veteran. They got a lot of good players who, can, who make really smart plays. And that's why Phoenix is in the finals. And they have a great fan base. They're, the Suns, that arena just goes wild whenever they play at home. And then we move over to Milwaukee. Northern team, nobody cares about them. Everybody discounts them every year, yet here they are in the finals after uh, overcoming so much adversity during the early playoffs just from uh, they were down early on Brooklyn and then Brooklyn got a little hurt, came back and won that. And then they were down on the Hawks, came back and won that. And sure enough, they're right back in that same position. They were down 2-0, and they tied it up 2-2. These teams are going at it. Who cares if LeBron or Steph is not in this finals? Who cares about the ratings? This is good basketball. And it's not just two teams that are just chucking up three-pointers. These are teams that, that take smart shots, and they move the ball efficiently, to find smart shots for their teammates, and they're shooting mid-range jumpers. whole lot of that from Chris Paul, as we know. You know, Devin Booker's a master of the two-point you know, jumper. He's got a lot of Kobe in his game. And then you have Chris Middleton, who can create his own shot in, uh, at the mid-range. He's incredible, too. He's got a lot of Kobe in him as well. Lots of good basketball happening. And I wanted to do a podcast on Game 4 just because I loved this game so much, and I watched it wire to wire. And I've always said, and I'll say it for the first time here on the podcast, that the most important games in any playoff series in any sport are, in order, Game 7, Game 4, and Game 1. In order. Game 7, obviously. Did you know that 100% of teams to win Game 7 go on to win that series? In game four, this one, 
is extremely important. It's the most pivotal game in the in any playoff series. You can either sweep 4-0, you can go up 3-1, you could tie it up 2-2, or vice versa if you're down. It's extremely important, Game 4, no matter what the the record is. And then Game 1, obviously you got to set the tone early, especially if you are the road team and you get a road win Game 1. That is huge. Both teams needed this game badly. The Suns needed to go 3-1 because seemingly the Suns look exhausted. They really do, and they really needed that game last night, and I think they're in a little bit of trouble. And the Bucks also needed this game for obvious reasons. They were down 2-1, so they really needed to get things together and, and get it moving. Um, and get it moving. What does that even mean? And get things, you know, going, whatever. Play good basketball. Boring! So, here's how it went. I'm looking at the box score here. Dun, 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 dun. The Suns turned the ball over 17 times. Compared to the Bucks, five. Chris Paul had five of those turnovers. He had some really bad, timely turnovers in the fourth quarter. That didn't look good on him. And weirdly enough, the Suns shot fifty-one percent, and the Bucks shot forty percent. Yet the Bucks won the game. That's got to be the first time that a team has won. Sh- shooting 10% less than the other team. And those turnovers, they make they make up for everything. The points off turnovers, which is a stat that I love. Uh, the Bucks had 24 points off turnovers, and the Suns had just five. So that's, that's a 19-point differential off turnovers. That clearly decided the game last night. And you had two players in, in 40 points. In the 40-point bracket, yeah, Devin Booker went off 42 after scoring 10 the last game. And then Chris Middleton was in his bag last night. He scored 40. Stupid ad. Shut up. I hate you. Anyways, um, watching this game, I thought the Suns were going to win the whole way through, man. There was was one point during the third and the fourth quarter when I I just felt like Phoenix was just going to hold Milwaukee at arm's length. You know, like they were just going to stay up by five to eight the whole time. But sure enough, you know, the Bucks they they fought their way back. And I wanted to um, go through some big moments in the game that played a huge impact or just, just whatever. Okay, so at the 11.23 minute mark in the fourth quarter... Um, Cam Johnson comes down. He hits a three to start off the fourth quarter well for the for the Suns. And then Pat Connington turns around right away and hits a three, you know, back-to-back. Back. That Cam Johnson three put it up 85-76. to 76. I believe that was the largest differential of the game. If Pat Connington didn't hit that three at that point, the Suns would have opened the floodgates, and that game was over, and the Suns were going to go up 3-1. to one. Uh, let's see. And then for a few minutes, there's kind of trading punches. You know, you got a layup here, a three-pointer there, a lot of misses, a lot of turnovers. Not a lot of good basketball from the 11-minute mark to, I'd say, about the six-minute mark. And then there was a really weird moment uh, at the six-and-a-half-minute mark. It was Jay Crowder gets a, 
gets a pass in the corner for a corner three, goes up for the shot, and P.J. Tucker high-fives him. And Jay Crowder doesn't kick his legs out, but he falls back after he falls or he gets back on the ground. And they call a foul on P.J. Tucker, and he can't believe it. And I totally agreed with P.J. Tucker. It was not a foul. Jeff Van Gundy said it on the broadcast. That was not a foul. And I cannot believe that Coach Bud did not call a or challenge that. He should have challenged it. The score was 90 to 88 at that point. And Crowder made all three of his free throws. So they go up 93 to 88. Middleton punches right back with a layup 93-90. Uh, Cameron Johnson makes a brilliant baseline jumper, which was just incredible. It's just textbook. Let's see. What else do we have? There was the moment when Drew Holiday... Now, let me back up a little bit. So Booker's in foul trouble in the second half. He gets his fourth and his fifth in the second half, and he's he's playing kind of conservative. Drew Holiday gets a fast break. He's in a two-on-one. Drew Holiday decides to keep it himself and go up for the layup. And Devin Booker fouls him hard. And the refs didn't call anything. And the, the arena went berserk. I couldn't believe they didn't call a foul on that. I, I audibly was just shook that they did not call that. I, I, couldn't, I could not believe it. It was the first time watching basketball where I thought that something about this was rigged. I felt like the refs wanted to try hard to keep Devin Booker in the game, and that is so obvious. I don't want to say it's obvious, but it just seems so apparent that that's what they were trying to do. And a lot of people were saying that Devin Booker ended the night with seven fouls. I didn't catch the seven foul, but they they really kept him in the game, and they wanted the Suns to win that game. So the Bucks got lucky, and Devin Booker got lucky himself that he didn't need to foul out at that point. So a huge moment in the game where I gave out a big, you know, Mike Breen bang was at the 317 mark. Um, let's see. Giannis blocks a, a CP3 um, layup, which was a big block. Middleton gets the rebound, uh, kicks it to Giannis. Giannis then kicks it to Pat Connington, who's wide open for a three, and drills it to go up two for the first lead of the fourth quarter. That was an incredible shot, and the, the stadium was electric. It was one of the coolest finals moments I've ever seen. It was, just, it was a little shot in the middle of the game, but it was so cool. And then Booker came back and hit a shot, tied it up 97-97. Um, let's see. And then the huge moment. With about a minute to go, Chris Paul or was it Booker? Can't remember. The two run together. Throws up an alley-oop to DeAndre Ayton. Seven-foot-one center. Easy two points, right? No. There's only one man, maybe two, if you want to count LeBron, who can block an alley-oop dunk from a seven-foot-one center. And Giannis turns around while that alley-oop's being thrown, rises up, and stuffs Aiton. And that was the nail in the coffin. Shut up, Ad! Shut up! Cock! 
This game was so good. Uh, Chris Middleton scored 10 points in the last two minutes. He was a huge part of them pulling it out in the end there. And there. Um, and at the beginning of this series, I was saying, you know, Giannis and Middleton have got to do their things. They got to they got to show up every night, and if the if the Bucks want to win this game. But I'll be damned if the if the Bucks pull out this this Finals victory, they go back to Milwaukee with a trophy. I'll be damned if Drew Holiday wasn't the most important player for the Bucks. That dude is a perfect basketball player. He plays such great defense on Chris Paul. He knows how to defend him. Chris Paul has been shook with with Holiday guarding him, except for the, I think, game three. Chris Paul maybe had like 35 points, went off. But he kept CP3 in check last night. And you got to give props to Drew Holiday. He was the MVP of the game um, outside of, you know, Middleton and Giannis doing their thing. Holiday is that X factor for the for the Bucks. If Holiday is not on his game, you know, if he eats a bad meal before the game and he's got the runs, maybe he eats a meatball sub from Subway. He's got, you know, poop butt in the second quarter. Chris Paul starts to, you know, make a couple mid-range jumpers where he tucks the ball in his side pocket like a like a magnum and then shoots a mid-range fadeaway, you know. Holiday's the key, man. And the, back to that Giannis block. If the if the Bucks win this championship, that is the biggest play in the Bucks history, by far. And Giannis is going to get a statue of that block outside of the arena. And I will say, and not don't call me out on recency bias. I didn't wasn't rooting really for a team before this series started, and that's kind of what makes the finals beautiful is I don't have to root for anybody. There's no pressure on me. You know, the Celtics aren't in it. <laughs> so there's something, there's something magical about your team not being in it. Cause you don't have, you know, you don't have sh- stressful sleepless nights every night thinking about the series and just sweating during the game and the roller coaster of emotions. It's fun and everything, but it's very stressful, but it's cool to watch watch a series where you know, you don't care about both teams. I think I tend to root for the, either the Eastern team or the Northern team, which are basically just the Eastern Conference teams. Um, I think I'm rooting for the Bucks. I can't really tell you why, but I just think that they're a little bit more likable than the Suns. And I think that the Suns have a better chance of being back in the finals than the Bucks do, even though the Bucks have Giannis and Middleton. I, I think the Suns have a brighter future. So I, I am rooting for the Bucks, And I hope they do win this series. But I think that the Suns are going to win game five. And then the Bucks will come back home and win game six. And then anything can happen game seven. You know, Pedro's pitching game seven. Anything can happen. Don't let us win tonight. So that'll do it for this podcast. I really wanted to talk about this game. And I... I'm super excited to watch the rest of the games in the series. I love that the players have two rest days. I think that that creates a much better competition for these games. So I'm glad that the NBA is giving them two rest days so they can be they can give us, you know, a really competitive, entertaining finals game and this this final series, two out of three series to to 
close out this season is going to be very entertaining, and I, I hope that everybody watches and enjoys it. Uh, interact with me if you want to talk about it. I'm locked in on it. I've kept up with all the stats and everything. Really, really enjoyed this season of basketball. I don't listen to anything anybody else says. People are extremely negative, and they compare it to so many different things, and they just want LeBron and Steph Curry in these finals. This is amazing. Just enjoy the basketball while we have it. We're about to hit a really dry uh, era. Era. Um, dry dock, dry season in sports. We're just going to have baseball, and then, the, and then the Olympics are coming up, so we are going to catch a break there. But it's that time of the year when it's just, it's just regular season baseball and really nothing else. So enjoy these last two, three games while they're here. And that's all I got for us today. Have a good one.